And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. And this first headline, I got so much information on. I'm, I'm about to go in on this first headline. I might have to break up headlines and hot takes into two parts just because I got so much information. But let's dispense with all the formalities and jump right into it. Earlier this week, Eddie Alvarez was on, I think, Ariel Hawani's show. And he said, look, I'm not the only person coming to one. There are going to be some other champions making their way to one. Then what do we hear about just a couple days later? This possible trade between the UFC, unheard of, the UFC trading anyone. They did land Chuck to Pride back in the day, but you've never heard of the UFC trading a fighter, but they are considering doing so with DJ and Ben Askin. Now, to me, this speaks of one of the greatest strengths and flaws of the UFC, and that's marketing. Their inability sometimes to grow or to pivot puts them in these kinds of positions. Case in point, they're still playing face the pain. I mean, come on, we can do better than that. It's, it's time to kind of move on and and let that piece go. The lack of diversity that they have when it comes to their approach can be a bit frustrating for a number of fighters. Now, if you fit a certain mode, hey, no problem. They can amplify you and shoot you up to stardom. You know, have you in movies, all kinds of stuff if you fit a certain mode. But if you don't, they can really, really struggle when it comes to marketing. Doesn't help that Dana also makes some of the fighters and champions less marketable by cutting them down in the public. But that's another story for another day. That's not specifically what I'm speaking about here. What I am speaking about is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, the longest reigning champion in UFC history has the latest finish in a title fight in history when he stopped Horiguchi with one second left in the fifth round. It'll never be broken. You can't break it. Best you can do is tie it. The last victory that this man had, he belly to back suplexed dude and then put him in the armbar. Went from a suplex to an armbar in one motion. I mean, where you get stuff like this from? He's arguably the pound for pound best fighter out there. And that's the one that's up for trade. Now, DJ is not faultless in the situation. 
he didn't help himself really until recent years because it will be time to do promotions. It will be time for interviews. And he really didn't give you much at all. Hey, I'm going to go in. I'm going to fight the guy. And I'm going to win. And that's it. I mean, he was just really to the point. He wasn't trying to give any information. As of late, though, he's allowed his personality to show. And that's made interviews really, really fun to watch. DJ is a gamer. He was one of the early Twitch adopters. And if you don't know about Twitch, you got gamers out there like Ninja making anywhere from $500,000 to a million dollars a month, not a year, a month, to let people watch him play video games. And DJ was one of the first ones out there playing on Twitch. You haven't seen DJ at E3. You haven't seen him at any Fortnite uh, competitions. No, you haven't seen that. But what you have seen are people like KSI and Logan Paul doing big, big business on streams for an amateur boxing match. Amateur, not professional, amateur. And when the UFC had KSI to come in and play UFC 3, who did he play against? He played against all champions and Dana. So you had Dana, you had DC, you had Wyman, you had Bisping, you had Matt Serra. Again, all of them champs. All of them pretty much admittedly not gamers. But where was Mighty Mouse? Where was the one guy who you know is a gamer, plays with himself, or I should say plays, because that did not come out right, plays using himself on UFC 3, out there killing people on his Twitch. And guess what? When KSI came to play UFC 3, it was on Twitch. But you don't have one, the one fighter who's out there making noise on Twitch. Now, in fairness, the UFC has been trying to promote him a bit more in the waning years of the time that he's been with the company. He's been in Metro PCS commercials. That commercial with him and the belts is hilarious. Again, once he started letting his personality shine a bit, things got a bit better. He also is on the purple couch for Metro PCS during fights. They even had a whole season of tough just for him. Although you only saw him maybe once or twice during the season. But that season of tough was trying to find somebody to defeat Mighty Mouse Johnson. Arguably, the UFC did all that they knew or at least all that they were willing to do to try to get DJ the push needed to make him the star that he is. So... Letting him go might be for the best. Over in Asia, where the lightweights have, or I should say the lighter weight fighters have much more value. I'm sure he will blossom into the star that he is. Now, all that being said, if this goes through, and it surely looks like it's going to go through, DJ tweeted something saying I'm looking forward to the next chapter 
uh, in my career. Stay tuned. And then Askren has been out there really putting out stuff. I mean, 98% that he'll be in the UFC and all kind of stuff. And that's, again, who the UFC will be getting back. They will be getting Ben Askren, who is a champion, undefeated, Bellator champion, undefeated, one championship champion, who back in 2013, in the summer of 2013, when his contract was up with Bellator said, yeah, we're good on you. Go to the WSOF and, and build yourself over there. They got some good welterweights. Go do that. And then after you do that, come talk to us. You're kind of a boring fighter. This is who they're getting back. This man, if you don't know about Ben Askren, is a gifted wordsmith with a wrestle-heavy style. Speaking of his ability to put words together here are a few gems that he released since he was since that uh, trade rumor was first announced matter of fact all this happened like within the past 24 hours went out there said so many fighters said stuff about me in the past i don't even get hit i might tell the ufc to set up a bum of the month club another post he put out notice not one of these welterweights is saying my name right now they think if they hide their head in the sands, then some other poor lamb will be taken for the slaughter. Now, Platinum Perry took the bait, and he put some information out there, and Funky had this to say to him. Well, I appreciate you being the only one with courage, Mike, but let's be real. You suck. You know you're not getting a shot. Man! Just came out, I mean, real nicely told the man, you suck and, you, and you'll never even get close to fighting me. Then Alan Joban chimed in, only to get this. Alan, being humbled in front of millions isn't something fake, tough, and I think he tried to say guys and maybe left it out, like happening to them. You're one and two in your last three fights. Go back to modeling. Oh my goodness. The biggest difference between Funky and Chell Sonnen, who, by the way, just got some of the best numbers in recent Bellator history for Bellator 208, is that Ben is an Olympian, and as I stated before, an undefeated champion in not one, but two major organizations. Ben has been grossly, grossly underappreciated and thought by many to be the best out there at welterweight but had not been able to test himself against the very best of the best because he's fought outside of the UFC so him being grossly underappreciated throughout his career is just like DJ and the reason that both of them have been so underappreciated It's because they make it look so easy. If this goes through, and again, all signs point to the fact that it's going to be a win and not an if. When it does, it will be a win, W-I-N, for all parties involved. Now, I've been talking about one championship ever since 
they made their app available and the fight's free to all. And now everybody's talking about one. One is doing even more so to help with raising their profile because not only will you be able to watch the fights via the app, but for Pursuit of Champions, which takes place on October 26th, which is probably when you may be listening to this, they are going to put out via Twitter the pretty much the main card, like uh, the main event and at least two other cards, if not three of them. So one is doing their best to give the world access to the fights that they have. And I'm telling you, ever since I've gotten access to it, oh, it has been wonderful. It's been phenomenal. Speaking of one and their champions, last piece, uh, Mauro Sorelli, who's not a champion, but he's being reported to face their heavyweight champion, Brandon The Truth Vera. Uh, and that was according to uh, MMA Today. But no date's been set for the match yet. Something else that made big headlines this week. Not quite as big a headline as DJ and Askren being traded, but definitely big headlines. Were the indefinite suspensions that were meted out by the Nevada State Athletic Commission pending further investigation for both camps' involvement in the brawl at UFC 229. Not only are both of those fighters being Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor indefinitely suspended, the commission holds the managers for both fighters responsible said that they met with the managers on multiple occasions said, look, we don't want anything to happen at the weigh-in. And we don't want anything to happen at the fight. And the fact that things did pop off, yeah, they're not taking too kindly to it. Now, Nevada State Athletic Commission did release half of Habib's purse back to him. So he's got a million. They're holding on to a million. They'll probably take a piece of that, which is why they're holding on to it. But they also said that their reach could be so far that they could take everything, including the pay-per-view. Now, I would like to see that happen, and that would not be good for them business-wise because they make lots and lots of money when the UFC is there and the UFC's home base, uh, not only where the organization is located, but also where most of the fights take place, at least most of the big fights, is in Vegas. So Nevada's not known to cut off his nose to spite his face. They may make a lot of big noise and, and throw out some heavy suspensions only to roll them back after a while. So we'll see how this plays out. I believe sometime in December is when the investigations will be over and the true hearings will take place. This is just the prelims and they've been indefinitely suspended until uh, they really get down to the nuts and bolts later this year. Now, earlier I said that Sonnen did some big numbers. He and Fedor peaked at over a million people for their fight at Bellator 208. And for the doubleheader, Bellator announced that 3.9 million people saw at least one fight 
during that weekend. So that was a major win for Bellator. Now, as a DAZN subscriber and knowing those who do subscribe to DAZN, I wonder how well they did with things because I didn't watch it on Paramount and nobody that I know of that has the zone watched it via Paramount either. Uh, so that's that's really, really interesting and uh, may have been a very, very good move for the zone, uh, even though that wasn't one of their their exclusive fights. They very well still may have done some real good traffic during that time. All right, fight fans. That's it for headlines and hot takes. So let's go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. All right, fight fans, let's talk some boxing news. Number three ranked welterweight Errol Spence Jr. And number two ranked lightweight Mikey Garcia are being rumored to face each other in February on pay-per-view for Spence's IBF welterweight title. Now, that's a big jump to risk for Garcia, who's 39 and 0 right now. But I'm sure the payday is worth it. And for him, the loss can be excused because he would be fighting well outside of his weight class if that's how things went down. Oh, but if he won, man, not only would he take Spence's crown, but he'd take a lot of his shine and then be able to say, not only did I beat you, but I did it two weight classes outside of where I normally fight, where I'm ranked number two in the world. That could be a very, very interesting fight for the first quarter of 2019. Now, earlier this week, there was a press conference in Brooklyn for upcoming PBC on Fox card, which will feature the Charlo twins in December. I believe December 22nd is the date for that. But the most interesting thing that was said was about Floyd Mayweather. (laughs) So Jamel Charlo had this to say about Floyd and the rumors of his possible next fight. And y'all know that MTMV Sports is a sports outlet who uh, believes in Jesus. So I'm going to edit things out a bit. If you read it, it would be edited anyway. So I'm just going to edit it in a verbal sense. Floyd's talking about fighting these MMA fighters. These guys are like walking mummies. They can't get in there and box with us champions. Man, that's bull. If you're still in the fight game, what's up? We're in the fight game too. Mm. Nice, strong words from Jamel Charlo. What is really interesting about that to me is that he's fighting under the banner of PBC. PBC is the organization created by Al Heyman, who is Floyd's advisor and really pulls the strings on so many big time 
deals that take place in boxing. So it's intriguing to hear the young Charlo speak this way about one of Heyman's cash cows. Now, since we're talking about Al Heyman, the man who's making all the moves behind the scenes, two-time Olympic gold medalist Guillermo Rigondeau has signed an advisory deal with Heyman, and he'll be fighting for PBC at 122 pounds, which is where he really made his name. Tried to go up and wait, ran into Lomachenko, and what happens when everybody runs up into Lomachenko is that they get sat down. So he's going back down in weight to where he was successful in the past. Nice amount of fights going on on Saturday of this week. So October 27th on HBO, what was at one time rumored to be the last fight on HBO, but now there are going to be a couple others. You've got Danny Jacobs, number two, taking on Sergey. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Ends with a Chanko. Uh, starts with a D. He's ranked number four. Uh, this will be a 12-round middleweight affair for the vacant IBF title. You've got Alberto Machado, ranked number two, taking on Yuandale Evans in a 12-round junior lightweight fight. And then you have Heather Heat Hardy fighting Shelly Vincent, 10 rounds, at featherweight for the vacant WBO title. This fight has quite a bit of heat on it. Pun fully intended, so please pardon the pun. If you don't know about these two ladies, they fought before. It was not for a title, but they have fought in the past. Heather Hardy came out victorious. Hardy has been fighting in MMA for the past about year and a half. And at one of her weigh-ins recently, or I should say one of her weigh-ins, maybe about a year ago, Shelly Vincent almost got on the stage and was calling out Hardy saying, you need to come back to boxing so that we can fight again. Stop fooling with this MMA nonsense and come fight me. It was all kinds of strange. It was like, who is this lady? And, you know, why is she trying to jump on stage? So it's a lot of heat going on. Uh, now that pun, please pardon the pun. That one was not intended. Anyway, uh, there's a lot going on with this fight. And it, it should be interesting and a good, good fight. So if you've got a bit of time and they actually televise it, I'd be good to check out Heather Hardy and Shelly Vincent. The weigh-ins, or I should say the uh, ceremonial face-offs, were very interesting as well, which if you have seen the media that I put out, the pictures I put out in conjunction with this, you know what I'm talking about. All right, also on Saturday, you've got... Coming from New Orleans on the zone, Regis Porgrias, who's right number one, taking on Terry Flanagan in a 12-round junior welterweight bout. This is a quarterfinal matchup within the World Boxing Super Series. Also on that card, you got Ivan 
Baranchik, who's ranked number eight, taking on Anthony Yigit in a 12-round junior welterweight title fight as well. Or let me not say title fight. This one is a title fight. It's for the vacant IBF title. Uh, the other is a Super Series quarterfinal. Also on the zone, the zone is not playing. They said 80 plus fights a weekend, or I should say 80 plus fights a year. And they've got these two running on the same day, just like they did last week. Uh, they've got a fight coming out of London with John Ryder taking on Andre Sorotkin in a 12 round super middleweight affair. Okay. Fight fans, time to step outside of the ropes and out of the squared circle. And on the other side, we'll be talking about more one championship. One championship will host pursuit of greatness at the Tawana Indoor Stadium in Yangon, Myanmar, headlining the fight are two camps that have been in a rivalry that dates back to 2011 when four fighters left American top team and began a new super camp taking on the name the Black Zillions. Now, the Black Zillions in name are no more However, in spirit, they live on now as Hard Knocks 365. And the one middleweight and light heavyweight champion, Ong Lawton Song, is a member of that camp. And he will look to defend his middleweight strap versus the undefeated 9-0 American top team fighter in Mohamed Kraki. Kraki is a Lebanese fighter with an expert level of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Look at his record, and it says that as of the nine fights that he's had, five of those fights have been won by submission, and he's only gone to the scorecards once in his career, and that was nearly three years ago. Olutador also has three knockouts within those nine victories. So he's got a fairly well-rounded skill set. Since regaining his title for Vitaly Big Dash, the Burmese Python has stopped all challenges, one by submission and the other two by KO. By and large, this is going to be the greatest challenge of Muhammad's six-year career. Will he rise to the occasion or will he wilt under the pressure? Have to tune in to find out. Also on this card, you got Rafael Indio Nunes, who's going to welcome undefeated 12-0 Russian Mavlid the Killer Kabulaev. That This will be Kabulaev's first fight in one championship, and this fight will be contested at featherweight. Now, told you about Ong Lao Song, the Burmese python, who gets a raucous, raucous crowd behind him whenever he fights in his home nation of Myanmar. 
he won't be the only one that has the Myanmar faithful firmly behind him. Because Yangon's own Po Bushido Tao looks to keep his record flawless in front of his hometown faithful as he takes on Malaysia's Keanu Suba. That also is a featherweight scrap. The UFC sets up shop at Moncton Event Center in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada for UFC Fight Night 138. This will be their debut in Moncton, Canada. Headline in the card, you've got number two ranked light heavyweight Volkan No Time Ozdemir who brings his 15-2 record in to face the surging number 10-ranked light heavyweight, Anthony Johnson, who's coming in at 30-13. and 13. Volkan hasn't fought since getting TKO by DC back in January in a title fight. Now, he was supposed to fight Shogun in Germany this past July, but he had to pull out due to injury. Who stepped in for that fight? Lionheart and folks have been downplaying his run at 205 because they say he's fighting old and and uh, on their way out the door fighters. I mean, granted, he did send Rashad Evans into retirement, but he said himself in a scrum, this being Lionheart, that people really weren't raising their hands to fight Shogun after Volkan dropped out of that fight. Because his winning streak dated back to 2015. But Lionheart stepped in, showed his Lionheart, and dusted him. Now, no time in preparation for this fight finished up his camp in Montreal. No time is also out of the Hard Knocks 365 camp that I spoke about when talking about the one card and uh, Ong Lao's song who trains with uh, everyone that's down there, including Volkan Ozdemir. Now, again, he finished up his camp last two weeks at TriStar in Montreal. And that makes sense because he's fighting in Canada. So he'll be a little closer to where he needed to be for the last couple weeks of the camp. And he speaks fluent French. He is from Switzerland, hence the name No Time, and French is one of the languages that is spoken there, so that makes sense. Now, while he was out, whether it be preparing for the fight against Shogun that didn't happen, or just rehabbing and getting well, Volkan said that he's been working on his wrestling and his Muay Thai and his Jiu-Jitsu. Something that Anthony Smith said, though, that makes a lot of sense is that, look, he's going to try stuff for two weeks. I've done things like that before. That generally messes you up because you got people bringing new things to you in a short period of time, and it throws you off. Volkan said that TriStar was a place that he considered going to before moving to the U.S., and aligning with Hard Knocks 365 before that Black Zillions, and that he definitely will spend some off time in Montreal with Faraz 
because he likes his style and he likes what he has to bring. Will that extra additional voice be a bit too much as well as any new techniques and things that he has gained over the past eight months? Don't know if that's going to help him or hinder him. You have to tune in to find out. The voices marquee matchup, though, for this card is the co-main event, which pits 19 and 13, Michael the Menace Johnson versus 14, 14 and 1, Artem the Russian Hammer Lobov. Now, if you don't know who Artem is, uh, you should know because he is one of the main training partners for the lightning rod and arguably the biggest name ever in MMA, Conor McGregor. Lobov sat down earlier this week with Ariel Helwani and he laid out where the feud came from between SBG Ireland and Habib Nurmagomedov's camp. It all started when Habib at UFC 205 called Connor a chicken. I don't know if you've seen it. It's out there. You can definitely go see it. But he went on this tirade. It's like, where's your chicken? I want your chicken. He just kept talking about Connor McGregor after beating Michael Johnson. Um, that term chicken, Loboff said, is equivalent to or I should say is the term that they use in Russia to call men who have been raped in prison they call them chickens so it carries a totally different connotation where Habib and where Artem are from than what it carries here stateside or maybe even in Ireland so of course with Connor being his, you know, his training partner, and he calls him his brother, and they're really like the best of friends. He was going to defend him. So when Artem was on Russian uh, media, he was on a, a show in Russia. He very sternly stood up for his friend, said that um, Khabib came back. And was by himself, talked to him about the situation at UFC 223, which that was about two years later. Said nothing had happened between then. They'd seen each other, talked with each other. Even Connor and Habib had talked, you know, with each other. No ill will, no problems at all. But now all of a sudden, it's an issue. If you know anything about how the feud got going, you know that Habib came back, which we didn't know, thought that that was the initial thing, but came back with about 10, 15 guys. Uh, big brother, Artem, slapped him up. Then kind of came uh, with his crew, and all of the shenanigans ensued from that point on. But all of that is why this fight is so very intriguing and why is the voices marquee matchup is because of all this backstory again what started everything off was when Habib beat Michael Johnson who arguably has given Habib 
the most difficult fight of his career. Connor got one round on him and no one else has gotten a round on him. But Michael Johnson really caught Habib in their fight and hurt him a little bit. And no one has put that kind of pressure on Habib outside of Michael Johnson, which is a reason why Artem wanted to fight him. Artem said, and his record proves it, he's always going for the hardest fight. Michael Johnson gave Habib pretty much all that he could handle. So he wants to see what he can do against him since the weight will not allow Artem to fight Habib. He also wants to fight him because the last person that Michael Johnson beat is the last person that beat Artem, and that's Andre Touchy Feely. Now, Artem said he wouldn't even be back in the UFC if it weren't for the person he was supposed to be fighting, Zubaira, falling out of this fight. He said he came back just to fight him and that they have got to fight. So uh, this AKA and SBG feud is not going away anytime soon. But again, this fight's got a lot on the line. Um, even though their records aren't necessarily the best, it's the highest profile fight that either one of them could have. Connor, I mean, not Connor, Artem, because of the Connor Halo, and Michael Johnson being the rugged veteran that he is, having wins, as he stated in a scrum uh, this week, having wins over about three of the top five people at lightweight right now. Only thing that concerned me about this was that this will be the third fight that Michael Johnson has had at featherweight. His entire career prior to this year has been fought at lightweight. When he got the call, he said he was about 30 pounds over, but he's confident that he's going to make weight. He said, I'm a professional, and as a professional, I will make weight. That is the most important thing. He said the fight is just icing on the cake the work is making the weight and i'm here to get that taken care of that still concerns me though because that's a whole lot of weight 30 pounds in two weeks to try to shave off um michael always goes hard whenever he fights though and artem does too so it should be a really really good fight and again uh the records don't say it, but what they have to offer will raise the profile for whoever the victor is. Also on this card, you got Latvian Misha Serkinov at 13 and 4, taking on 10 and 4, Patrick Durkin Cummins at light heavyweight. Uh, also, you have Andre. The Asian sensation, Sukhmatov, 12 and 6 in his record, taking on 9 and 1. Jonathan Martinez, who will be taking, or I should say, making his UFC debut. And that, fight fans, is a bantamweight affair. This is one of those six card main cards that the UFC likes to do. For some fight nights. So you also have Gian Vellante, 
who's looking to rebound from his last fight, which was a loss to Sam Alvey, and moved him to 16 and 10. He'll be taking on 24 and 13, Ed Shortfuse Herman, who's a tough three finalist and has really only fought once a year since 2014, going two and three in those contests. The curtain jerker, you've got 15 and five, Alex the Dominican Nightmare Garcia, taking on 19 and seven, Court the Crusher McGee at Welterweight. Expect the Canadian faithful to be firmly behind Garcia, who hails from Montreal. He's traded wins and losses since 2014, and Court McGee's not too much better. It's been two and three in his last five fights, uh, with his last win coming two years ago over Dominic Steele, who's been out of the UFC for a year now. Uh, should be interesting, should be a very good card and looking forward to see how things go down in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. Also, just to uh, say, that's the main card. On the undercard, you've got some interesting fights, some interesting fighters that are making their debut. In particular, Tay Edwards, who's coming in off of... um, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him fight. Uh, you got some other interesting fights that are taking place on the undercard too. So hopefully the pacing's not too bad and we'll get a good night of fights. To keep up with MTMV Sports, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as like the Facebook page. If you want to get at your man, the voice directly, I am the voice on all social media. Our podcasts get released first via anchor.fm. So if you want to get it hot off the presses, that's the place to go. Also, if you are listening to us via anchor, and you choose to support us, you can do that there as well as you can do it through Patreon. Feel free to help us to continue to bring you high quality sports content. You know, whether it's a dollar or two, doesn't matter. Every little bit helps us with bringing you this good, good information about the sports teams that you love and the sports that you can't live without. Our podcasts are all over the place. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Republic. You name it, we're out there. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Sports fans, rejoice! My team, my voice. And until next time, It's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off.